0: Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am Heidi Mortensen, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, and I'm excited to talk with you today about our parents. The title of today's show is The Apple Falls Far from the Tree in the Kingdom of God. Do you see yourself with many of the characteristics of your parents? Or maybe you try to be as different as you can from them, or perhaps you do everything they do because they're so amazing. Either way, this phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, can cause harm or good depending on the way it's used. See, if we only look to our earthly parents for wisdom, guidance, and truth, we will actually fall short. Our Heavenly Father needs to be our priority for our identity. We are to honor our earthly parents, Love them and receive all sorts of wisdom and guidance, but they cannot be first. I want us to grow in the wisdom of what God says, that he says that we are to seek first the kingdom of God. If your parents truly are incredible parents, they will show you that their ceiling is your floor. We are to honor them and fly higher and further than they ever could because they truly are amazing. So if the apple falls very far from the tree, when you open your eyes to see, there's a whole entire orchard in front of you, not just one apple. Last week's episode on Monday was titled Processing Emotions with Jesus for Kingdom Revelation. This is where I share some of the revelations that I've had about processing emotions. And I talk about even in me being a therapist and a podcast host, I don't always know what I'm doing, but I know God does. I'm surrendering to him as best as possible in the moment to gain his revelations. Sometimes it might not look good, but at that moment, it's our very best. I share some of the key things that are segue to today's episode on our earthly parents and honor. On Thursday, I had a wonderful and wise guest named Pamela Mertz, who talked about church hurt, and church wounds. She shares her incredible testimony of sexual abuse, losing her son, and the spiritual abuse that she experienced along the way. By God's grace, it didn't pull her away from intimacy with God, it actually brought her closer. Most of us, we blame God for the trauma that we experience because we ask, God, why would you allow this? And Pam was able to talk about this. She always knew that God was a good God. So make sure to go back and check these episodes out. I thank you for those of you who have purchased my book, The Brave Encourager. I had a friend who was using the book for a Bible study with her friends. One of the members sent her a text and said, I am really so thankful that Heidi wrote this book. I use the gold. I glean from it every single day. This really was encouraging to me as an author, but I also want to encourage you to get your copy so you can pull the gold and speak the gold and the people around you. Right now, as the recording of this podcast, I have 42 Amazon reviews. Thank you so much. My goal has been to hit 50, and I'm really, really close. So please write a review on my book and on this podcast if you haven't done so. Your support means the world to me. So little old me trying to make a little dent in the corner of the world that I am in, you make a big impact for that. God gets all the glory. I'm his vessel saying yes, just like you are. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this podcast right now. Ask for your wisdom, your guidance, and revelation as I break open some old beliefs that we may need to break. I pray for heavenly breakthrough for the listeners to move beyond where they have been in the world and ask them to seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness. I pray that they are able to hear exactly what it is that they need to hear at the time that they need to hear it. I pray for your grace over this episode to be gentle with anything that may be too difficult to hear. I pray for healing where healing needs to happen, and I pray for us to really move beyond where we have been so we can go and bring heaven to this earth. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. In my podcast episode last Monday on Processing Emotions with Jesus for Kingdom Revelation, I talked about that all of the healing and the seeking that we do is not for outward glory or success, it's for this intimate connection with their heavenly father. Good news, if you didn't have a good upbringing, you now have a heavenly father who is more real than your earthly father. I love my earthly father and I honor him, but I know that Papa God is where I get my identity. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree is a phrase that's typically said in connection with children who show qualities or talents that are similar to those of their parents. We have also used a chip off the old block, like father, like son, two peas in a pod. This natural occurrence eventually is actually turned into a metaphor. And now today, it means that a person is really not far off from how their parents are. Now, from some of us, this may bring comfort as your parents have been amazing. Where for some of us, their parents aren't here anymore. And so it could bring deep pain because you miss them and you love them. For some of you, it may bring a lot of trauma and fear because you did not experience a very good upbringing and you're trying to go as far as you weigh from everything that you got from your earthly parents. In this episode, I will break this down into three different sections. One is for those of you who had a great upbringing with either godly parents or loving parents. Number two is for those of you who did not have a good upbringing and are trying to move as far away from your earthly parents as possible and 3 which is the last group which honestly is where many of us land is that you're trying to maneuver between what you want to keep and what you want to leave behind so i'm going to start with the first group those of you who had a great upbringing with godly and or loving parents when i see these people as adults i'm truly in awe of them they're extremely secure confident and they know who they are they have a sense of trust in god in the world and their upbringing I don't have enough time to go into details of child development, but I wanna give you kind of a brief overview of this. Eric Erickson's stages of psychosocial development describes kind of these different stages. Um, Infant 18 months is where we develop trust versus mistrust and the virtue we get is hope. From 18 months to three years, we experience autonomy versus shame and doubt. And the virtue we develop is will. If you don't understand the impact made as a baby, where, because babies can't talk, please understand that this is huge. If you know of a baby who's in a difficult circumstance, do what you can to be there to provide stability and consistent love, declaring over the baby life, love, and hope for future. Even if you grew up with wonderful parents, You still need to grow enough in your faith to know that God is God and your parents are not. I've watched some amazing people in ministry build on what their parents' legacy has left. Their ceiling is their floor. It's because their parents always honored their children and lifted them up to an elevated level and taught them accountability. They had favor, but they didn't get away with everything. There's a difference between godly parents and loving parents. If you had loving parents, if they didn't teach you about God, you still have hope in the world and a will to succeed. But my guess is that your parents are your God. I really mean this with love. Your parents did the best they could with what they had, but they really didn't have an idea of what they were doing there could actually have some harm in it. We do what we can with what we have in the moment. This is why we need a savior even though you were raised with loving parents, you still need to surrender your life to Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior. Even if you grew up with parents who actually went to church, that doesn't mean that they're saved. I really didn't understand this until I read the Bible. As Christians, we really should look different. I mean, really look different. People should be drawn to us, and that they would say something like, hey, How are you so peaceful? Or how did you get through that difficult circumstance? And then there is an invitation to then share your faith. If you grew up with godly parents who read the Bible and taught you about Jesus and integrated it into your life, they most likely taught you to choose God on your own. So yes, you still have a journey of faith, but you know that it's an intimate relationship that you need to get with Jesus on your own, not your parents' faith. It needs to be... An intimacy for you, not your parents. Allow what your parents taught you to catapult you beyond what they have been. I have actually started praying prayers like, God, I pray for my kids to teach me about you so that my kids will actually go beyond what I ever could have known. So the next group is those of you who did not have a good upbringing and are trying to move as far away from your earthly parents. This is really the group who oftentimes is searching and seeking and does so based on a slew of lies that we often don't even know that they're lies. Well, we actually all do this, but I see this very heavily with people who have this entrenched lies who experienced a lot of trauma so much so that we will make decisions on these lies and many times continue on with family generational trauma. We want to have some sort of family connection and value, so we just don't talk about it. We don't tell anyone about how we feel, so we keep it inside, and we have no idea that this is festering all sorts of silent shame. For example, let's say sexual abuse gets passed on from grandpa to son, and to that son's daughter, and then that daughter's daughter. You know, it may not be the victim actually doing the perpetrating, but many times it can be. You do what you know, Okay, And if no one told you that it's not okay to get healed from the trauma, you then keep the abuse going. And here's why. What you know and what you're comfortable with, you know. It is scary to actually step out into a place of healing. Healing is actually unknown. It is scary. I've seen people who have clearly been abused And they did absolutely nothing wrong, continued to stay in a cycle of abuse because they believed that it's their fault and because they want to, get this, protect their family, protect their parents, protect their abuser. And I say this with honor because I know that it's hard to move to the place to realize, oh my gosh, I have been abused. You can't just say to a victim, get over it, because they don't even realize that they're a victim yet. And if this is you, I want to really be gentle with you. And I pray for the Holy Spirit to lighten up what the enemy has done in your life. And I pray that God is doing it in a gentle way. Cartman's drama triangle moves us from perpetrator, rescuer to victim, we don't just stay a victim. You move from victim to perpetrator to rescuer. So we're in shame as a victim. We perpetrate someone else because we have no hope and we don't know better. Then because we feel more shame, we may rescue to make ourselves feel better, then come back to being a victim because the shame again, because that might feel better too. The whole time focusing on the problem and that it causes more and more anxiety. We never get free. We never move out of this cycle. It comes back to really truly how do we see our parents and how we see ourselves? In therapy, one of the things that good therapists do is they help you to learn how to honor your parents, but in some abuse cases, set a very hard boundary for a period of time. This might mean taking time away from talking to abusive parents. It could mean writing a letter and communicating what happened and that you need to take a break from them to gain skills and heal from the trauma of what happened. Some people make the assumption that their parents know about the abuse. Sometimes they don't know, or sometimes they know some of the story, but not the whole thing. Every single case is different. So please talk to someone if this is your story or be a support person for someone you know it is. What can happen in the world is that we go from victim to perpetrator, but screaming publicly by sharing what the perpetrator did so that we can get free from them But it's actually not freedom. It's just communicating what happened publicly. Yes, it feels brave. And now you are being rescued because everyone and their mother is there to comfort you. This first needs to be where you come alongside with other supportive people who do allow you to share, to vent, to be ugly, be messy and emotional. But they don't take anything personal and they don't have a personal agenda. I'm not against sharing things publicly. Okay, hear me out on that. But when you do, do it after you've healed, don't do it in the middle of the mess. You need to have had the time of messiness, had the time of healing, where you've moved on the other side, where you actually have authority and power over it, and can even pray for your victim. And if you aren't in that place to pray for your victim it's really not the time to be able to share it publicly. And when I say publicly, I mean social media or public platforms where you really could have anybody respond to. you. It's really very dangerous to put that out there. And then you could have people that say really hurtful comments that you're just not ready for. And so you really want to have that boundary of people who are only going to be supportive for you because you're really in a sensitive spot during that time. You need to have the most supportive people around you. So I have heard really horrible stories, though, where a victim falls prey to a bad therapist or bad pastor who maybe falls in love with a sexual abuse victim to comfort them. I just want to say that this is not okay. A therapist and a pastor's job is to love and support the people that they are with, not to gain a companion where they now have the power over them. First off, it's illegal for therapists to do that you will lose your license for good reason. Remember that they're in a position of power in the same with the pastor. So I learned about the David Emerald's triangle of, of empowerment, where it flips the drama triangle upside down and has three different parts. It has a challenger at the bottom left, coach at the bottom right, and creator on the top, which is God. And this is based on passion and is outcome fo- focused instead of anxiety based and problem focused like the drama triangle. And so I just want to share, I got this from Dr. Barbara Lowe. So if you want to check her out online, she has some awesome, awesome content. What do I want to eliminate in this category is for people who are stuck in perpetual cycles in their life. Even if you didn't grow up with trauma, I want you to listen to this and hear this out for you to really look back and see what are some of the loyalties that you still have to parents who have some unhealthy cycles themselves. If you can't break free from being loyal to your parents, you will continue to be stuck and make those choices yourself. So first you need to recognize that it's not what you want to continue. For example, let's say your parents grew up and they were alcoholics and there was a lot of chaos, there was parties, there was dysfunction. There's a lot of times as a kid where you were lonely and you didn't have anybody there for you, but your parents were still there. So you kind of almost like didn't have permission to share that this was not okay and unsafe because they still provided for you, and they still gave you what you needed. And so as you got older, you might have found yourself doing the same thing to cope with your struggles. So what can happen in therapy, we have a word called invisible loyalty to your parents. So you're being loyal to them by coping and using alcohol in the same way that they are. And if you buck the system and change it up, then you could be maybe afraid of being kicked out. You're not like everyone else, and you're not accepted and value. Another invisible loyalty that's very common is anger because it's been something that you've watched with how a parent maybe handled struggles is that they responded with a temper tantrum or they responded with throwing things. And so as you get older, you think, well, that's how I need to handle it. And there could be some sort of loyalty. So to be able to recognize it's not what I want to do, you first have to recognize it's a pattern that you don't want to continue. God is there to protect you, guide you, and give you strength in these situations. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs to it and are safe. But the Bible also talks about our parents leading their children right. So it's okay if your parents didn't always show you the right way. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. They are loving, wonderful people, but the choices that they made weren't always Godly. Ephesians 6 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. And Psalms 27 10 says, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. There is so much comfort in the Bible for us to go to where our parents didn't always provide for us what it was that we needed. If you didn't have a good upbringing, allow God to be your parent, both your mom, and your dad. If you are making choices that are similar to them and you don't like it, repent and ask God to help you to be like him. You don't need to continue with those unhealthy choices and behaviors. Remember, you're creating God's image. So the last group, which is honestly where I've said that many of us land is that you're trying to maneuver between what you wanna keep from your parents and what you wanna leave behind. With this group, I would encourage you to go back through this whole podcast and what I've shared so far. The main point is that I really want God to be your guide, no matter what. The loyalties that you have with your parents that is actually not in the Bible really be open to hearing what God has to say and to open up floodgates for you. I remember learning about things in the Bible, and then I'd look at my own family and I'd turn my head and I'd think, well, I don't think that's how I should be acting, but I love my family and I don't know how to change it. So I repented for my family. I prayed a prayer to break the generational curses over my family line. And I asked God to help me to be like him. I also said that I honor my parents. I honor my family and I thank God for them. Ephesians 6, one through three says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise that it may go well with you. And that you may live long in the land when i had worked with people who have experienced a lot of abuse i had a hard time with this verse but then the lord showed me that it's not about what people have done it's about what god has done for us jesus died on the cross so that we could be forgiven and our abusers could be forgiven as well it gives us off the hook from what they have done when you honor those who have hurt you it allows you to have authority over the abuse, which means that God's glory rises above the ashes and his light will shine. Isaiah 61 through two says this, arise, shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness, the people, but the Lord will rise over you and his glory will be seen upon you the basis of this podcast is really for you to be able to have hope and see that the apple falls far from the tree with many things. You get to be who God intended you to be. You may have certain characteristics of your parents that you love and think that they're wonderful and you have so much fun with it, but you also might have some that you don't like. That doesn't mean that you're always going to be like that. Let's say your parents weren't great at cooking and you maybe always went out to eat or had Chef Borardee or mac and cheese all the time. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but let's just say that that's what you experienced and, and you were thinking, I'm determined to make gourmet meals and to be a good cook. Well, guess what? You will. Ask God for his grace to move you. He will do it. Don't allow what curse or declaration your family had over you to determine your future. Honor what you want to keep and pray for transformation for the rest. Learn what your parents taught you and find more guidance from godly people and the Bible for the rest. If you have family systems and patterns that you believe are holding you down, ask God to highlight them for you if you don't see them and for his grace to move you in his direction. If you really feel pulled and struggled to have strength to do it, make sure to get supportive people around you so that you can talk about it. Don't do it alone. I've heard in some other sermons and podcasts that witchcraft is actually drawing people to them and only them. So it's not to God. It's why there's some pastors that you hear, people will say practice witchcraft in their church, that it's bringing them back to their church and donate to their causes instead of bringing them to God. A really good pastor will bring people to their own intimacy with God, their own relationship with God. I think this is why there's so many issues with faith right now in the world, because we have many pastors and even parents who are bringing people back to them because it feels good to have someone like them. And it feels good to have someone, you know, enjoy being with them and being at their church and being a good parent and that their kids love them and like them. But the reality is, we need to bring people to God. We need to bring people to intimacy with their own faith so that they're guided by the correct light, which is the light of Jesus. I suggest reading all of Matthew 6. It's really, really good and directly from the mouth of Jesus. He ends the chapter with saying in verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Verse 34 says then, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So in all things, we are to seek God. So right now, I pray that this episode has allowed you to be more open to hearing more of God in his ways as a good parent. I don't want you to get out of your parents' life, but I want you to be open to hearing what God has to say about you first. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. I break off all lies of the enemy, where you were told you were too shy, too loud, not capable, too much of something, not enough of something else, right now, in the name of Jesus, where people intended to help and be loving and kind, but it was hurtful. Right now, I say sorry. I'm sorry to you. For people who caused unknowing pain to you, I am truly sorry you can allow yourself to allow my voice to be their voice saying sorry, that you can perhaps allow yourself to forgive them and see the pain going to Jesus. Please hear them saying it. If you had people who knowingly hurt and abused you, I am truly, truly sorry. You may not be ready to forgive them, but if you are, Allow the pain to go be with Jesus. Give it all to Him. See the pain leaving you and Jesus gladly taking it and that that blood that He shed for you is covering all the pain. I break all generational curses, known and unknown, in the name of Jesus. I pray over healing, over anything that was brought up that was too hard for you to feel right now. And I pray for God's grace to heal the known and unknown things in your heart, and your mind, and your soul. I pray for God's grace to move beyond what you think or feel you could move. You are made new. You are a daughter or son of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and you are made for greatness. I declare Ephesians 3.20 over you, that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the prayer that works in you And to God be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations over you forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at Heidi Mortensen, LMFT.com. See you at our next episode.